So this morning as we finish out Reframe, I wanted to um, talk about the holidays since we're getting into that season this week. And uh, maybe we can look at a, some new ways to look at the holidays. So uh, before we get into that, I wanted to start with um, what are your favorite Christmas or Thanksgiving memories? And this is not a rhetorical question. This is one you guys can talk and we can respond. I know it's church, but it's okay. We can talk. Food. Food's a big one, yeah. Board games after dinner. Is this Thanksgiving, Christmas, both? Both, nice. Food for both, I'm assuming, with with Christmas and yeah, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Playing cards. Mm-hmm. Any favorite? Yeah. Building Legos, a favorite of mine as well. Also, birthdays and the kids' birthdays. and <laughs> Any holidays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole culture of it. How it everyone kind of shifts gears a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. Big family meals, getting together with everybody. Yeah. Do you get to travel or do you stay put? Yeah, it's yeah. When kids get older, things get weird. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Any other thoughts? I thought I saw a hand up. You guys, you don't have to raise. You can just talk too. You don't have to raise your hand. We're grown-ups. It's okay. Okay, so I wanted to share one of... This is my most memorable moment. It's not my favorite moment, but it's definitely the most memorable Christmas I ever had. So I think I was in fourth or fifth grade, and um, it's, it's something I like to call Beanie Baby Christmas. So have I heard... Have you guys heard this story? No? Campers never heard this? Okay, so fourth or fifth grade, this is like a year after the Beanie Baby craze, okay? So everyone went nuts for Beanie Babies for a while, and then the year after that, that Christmas, okay? Um, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I went to go get my little sister to see if she wanted to go look at presents in the middle of the night. She wouldn't wake up. It was like the first year, she's like, no, leave me alone. I was like, okay. So I go down the stairs to where the living room where the presents are, and I keep tripping on stuff all the way down the stairs. And I'm like, who left shoes on the stairs on Christmas Eve? This is so weird. So I go downstairs, and there's nothing under the tree. Nothing with my name on it. I'm like, what is going on? Where, like, Santa hasn't come. Weird. So I was disappointed. I went back to bed, wake up in the morning, and there is a line of Beanie Babies from my bedroom door down the stairs, the things I tripped on, all the way to the living room where there is a basket of Beanie Babies. So I told my boys this story, and they're like, you got Beanie Babies for Christmas? I was I was in fourth grade. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> My sister, who was younger than me, also got an American Girl doll and a million Beanie Babies. She was, this was her favorite Christmas. Because I, I FaceTimed her after I told my kids that story. And she said, yeah, that was my favorite Christmas of all time. That was amazing. And there, there's a picture of me somewhere that will never see the light of day. Of I'm laying on the floor with my arm like this. Where there's Beanie Babies all over my back. No one will ever see this picture. <laughs> It'll be burned when I find it again. But it exists. There's a real one out there. So... Beanie Baby Christmas is my most memorable <laughs> Christmas. Not my favorite. That's okay, though. So another question for the, the, for the class. <laughs> what are some words you would use to describe the holiday season? Larry said pageantry. That's a good word. Cheerful. Stressful. Yeah, for sure. Maybe more for parents than for kids. 
Hectic, yeah. It's it seems short. Like there's only so much time, and it's busy. A lot of busyness. Expensive. I kind of see where Larry feels <laughs> where he he leans on the holiday theme. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Cozy, yeah. Maybe on a day like today, it, it's a good day to put the fire on and watch Elf or something. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? It is magical, especially you know in Northeast Ohio, we most of the time have snow. So it's it feels like a like a Christmas movie sometimes, right? Even at Thanksgiving, it feels like a Christmas movie. <laughs> Anything else? So there's lots of goodness that comes with the holidays. Lots of joy. Lots of seeing family, seeing friends, connecting, gifts, all those things, meals, like all the things we talked about. There's a lot of goodness, but also the holidays can be really hard for people. Um, it can be. Um, really difficult for people who are struggling, who are going through grief, who are who have mourning a loss, right? Um, so here's an idea. Have you ever been on, on social media, Facebook, whatever, Instagram, and you're scrolling and you see that somebody gets a puppy, and then you scroll and you see that there's a tsunami in Southeast Asia, and then you scroll and then you see that someone's son has graduated high school, and then you see that um, there's you scroll again and there's like a car crash, and you get this like emotional whiplash, right? going from good thing to bad thing and especially if you're just on a news site it's just bad 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 right but if you if you're on social media and you're seeing your friends stuff so it can be good and it can be bad and it feels like our our monkey brains can't hunt, handle that kind of emotional whiplash um and i think sometimes it makes us numb to the world around us does that make sense because we can't absorb all that information we have not evolved far enough to absorb world news like we we, we are not that far away from tribes where we lived in small groups of 50 people or less and we knew of everybody's each other's lives now we have 300 400 friends on facebook and there's no way you can know that many people in your brain you can't handle it so it's our our brains haven't evolved far enough as our technology has and i think that that has done something to our emotions and it changes our psyche a little bit and maybe puts some blinders on um maybe the needs of others we're not aware of so um, the holidays can bring up lots of feelings like we talked about, like nostalgia, love, comfort, but also anxiety, depression, anger, regret, loss, grief. All these things can pop up. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard to, to pick one, right? And so let's, let's look at maybe how we can, we can reframe this a bit so we don't have to pick one, okay? So grief, let's look at the first thing here. Reminders of family or friends that have passed. Um, grief is a huge part of the holidays for some people. Um, especially as we get older, I, I just lost my grandpa last week and my grandma died eight years ago around Christmas time. So whenever we have holidays together, it's a reminder of the people who aren't here anymore. Right. And, um, when death, when there's big deaths near the holidays, it's like a constant reminder of, of how we, and it can alter the experience, right? It changes it from this joyful thing when you're a kid to getting presents to grandma's not here anymore. And, um, we don't always, as an American culture, do well incorporating grief into our, our into our celebrations, right? We either go all in with one one feeling or you know another, and it's it's hard to have that nuance sometimes when it comes to to holidays. Um, we don't have traditions that honor our our loved ones like we like, like Mexicans have the the Day of the Dead. Um, there's other holidays like a, we just celebrated a Scottish, an ancient Scottish holiday that celebrates the death, um, the dead as well. It takes place around Halloween, and um, we we don't do that very well in America though. We don't honor our dead, or if we do, it's 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 like 
completely just about that. It's not incorporating it into the holiday, right? So I think sometimes we can, if we have photos or um, laying around during the holidays or we tell old stories about people who have passed, um, it's it's a healthy way to honor them and respect it while still, you know, being in a family and and respecting each other and grieving as a a group, which we don't always do well as, as well. Sometimes we internalize that grief, right? So I've seen in both my wife's family and in my family how how deaths and maybe you've seen this in your own families deaths can either bring families closer together when there's a loved one that has died or it can draw them farther apart and um you you never know how it's going to go sometimes you can have an idea if you kind of look big picture but you really never know how people are going to go one way or the other and it everybody grieves differently there's no there's no path the 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 five steps of grief are it's not linear at all and everybody grieves in different ways um but I think as families, we can share that together and talk about it and be and we don't have to be on the same page, but we can all, you know, talk about it and be open and communicate. And I think that really helps bring families together when we're talking about it. Um, just this past week when I was going through my grandpa's funeral, we, we were telling stories the whole time and about um, he was big on putting smiley faces on stuff like smiley face stickers, never told us why. And it enraged my grandma. So he would have it on. <laughs> the tv remote he'd have it on like the a, a door doorknobs his car it was sticky sticky like smiley face stickers everywhere and we had no idea why so i before the funeral i went to hobby lobby and i got smiley face stickers and i i gave them to all our family members and we all had them on our our shirts and i put one on, on grandpa's shirt too um at the funeral and it was just it was it was really good it was a good reminder and it was a healthy way for us all to like grieve and be together just by that stupid smiley face that was on everything. Um, so let's talk about broken relationships in a very safe way. Um, no family is perfect, and damaged relationships can can darken a holiday celebration because you never know who's going to show up sometimes, and maybe there's somebody showing up that you don't, or you're not ready to see, or you don't want to see. Um, there's also divorce. There's abuse. There's separations. There's severed relationships, and all these things can be really hard to navigate as a family. Maybe there's um, a great uncle who wasn't super connected and and ask where's so and so and you know long after you've broken up or separated and that can be really painful. It can bring up all these feelings that you weren't expecting to feel eating turkey with your family. Um, just a quick, st- a minor example. This is a, a small n- example. My um, a few years ago, I went to a Thanksgiving and I have a great aunt who I only see every every couple years, right? And um, she she pulled me aside and she's really goofy and she pulled me aside and she goes are you a so are you a full pastor and she meant am i a, like a senior pastor or am i still still doing youth ministry which isn't a full pastor to her and i knew what she meant right when she said it so i said uh because i'm still working with teenagers and i said yeah i'm a full pastor <laughs> so i in in her mind it's probably a lie to me i'm a full pastor i'm, I'm still doing it um but be, because i knew she was unintentionally trying to minimize my career, which hurts me more than it hurts her. She doesn't, she probably doesn't even remember the conversation, but for me, it was about like, I'm, I'm going to stand up to myself for myself a little bit. And it's, it's a minor example. It's just a minor, like, you know, it's kind of the knife a little bit when you, when a family says something painful, but it was, it was minor, but it, it's an example of how sometimes there's hurt that can come up. Somebody may say something accidentally. Maybe your uncle drinks a little bit too much. It says something painful about, a, you know, a divorce or something who knows um but th- those things can happen around family and it can be really hard um so e- 
let's see, where am I at here? Um, it, it can build a lot of anxiety, too. It can, it can be really hard to, even the drive to the family's house can can build anxiety or, or stress in you, like, oh, God, I hope, hope Aunt Jill isn't there because she's going to say something mean again. And every, every family has an Aunt Jill or an Uncle Bill, like, that just says something painful, right? And so you have to, like, pre- prepare yourself for pain that you don't want to experience on a fun holiday, right? Um, and also, holidays can be a reminder that life isn't what we want. Um, there's a lot of sadness and grief that can cloud the holidays, and we can get regretful or mournful of what our life isn't anymore. So how do we make meaning when things are hard? Because holidays can be very hard for a lot of people. How, how do we make meaning? Does anyone have any, any thoughts? Or is this rhetorical? <laughs> How do we move forward when, when life changes, when there's been a big upset in the family, when there's been a death, when there's been a, a loss or a, a divorce or a separation? How do we move forward? How do we... How, new traditions. That's a great idea. Yeah. Eat candy canes. That's a great idea. It really is. You can't be sad eating a candy cane, right? How do we enjoy the holidays when life has been hard? Maybe we've had a really bad year this year. Maybe it's been... Maybe there's been a lot of bad things. It could be work. It could be family. It could be anything. How do we how do we enjoy this season where we're inundated with with lights and colors and sounds? How are we supposed to enjoy that if we're not feeling that inside? It's, it can be really hard, right? Yeah, yeah, your life right now is a gift, and it may not be where you want to be, or may it may not be what you expect it to be, but this this is still, we're still here, you're still breathing, and there's meaning in that, and there's purpose behind that, and I think that's what we as a church are, are trying to find, is that purpose and meaning, so that we're not walking around aimlessly, or, or you know, wasting time in a way, you know, there's so much time you can waste just, um, and not being depressed, that's, depression's not a, not a waste, but it is, there's meaning in the depression. There's there's purpose behind that. And how do we find that, right? And even during the Christmas season in, in America, especially, there's a lot of consumerism and there's ads and it's it's always in your face. And sometimes those ads, if you pay attention, it's a lot of nuclear family stuff and it's, it's a lot of focused on kids. And if you aren't a person who has kids or has a, a nuclear family anymore, if your kids have grown up or whatever, it can it can probably create a little bit of sadness or a twinge of like, oh, we don't have that anymore. Um, we, we see all the time at home, we've only got 18 years with these, with 18 Christmases with these kids. And so what are we going to do? How are we going to spend that time? Um, and you don't have to give in to these certain narratives, like my, my great aunt who, who thinks that I'm not a full pastor. I don't have to believe her, you know? I only, I see, she's part of my family and I love her. I only see her every three or four years. You guys, I see every week and you, and you know, you provide much more love and affection than she does. I hope she doesn't watch this video. Um, <laughs> it's also important to find, in, th- in that same tone, I hope it's, it's important to find um, safe friends or family that you can confide in, that you, you can trust, 
So if you go to a family thing and you know that Uncle Bill's going to be there and he's going to say something racist, who can you go to that's the safe person to talk to? Or can you sit on the other side of the table? Right? It's you don't. Have to, you can say some, Benji. What's up? You can go. Oh, you can go to your mom. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Extra candy cane for Benji. It's true. Go find your safe person. Who's your safe person that you can come to, even if it's a friend that you can text during dinner to like, which is something that we do in our family. If we go to a family thing, like we did this week, we'll, we have a group of friends that we have a, a chat with that will will send updates to just just to let them know that we're alive and we're we're getting through it. And they, it's it's fun commentary. It's like it's like having a secret little little friend with you. Um, so it's important to find these spaces where we can find connection and love in the midst of maybe some difficult experiences coming up, right? We only get, like I said, we only get so much time and only so many years of Christmases, especially if we have little ones. So it's important to really take care of that, right? So let's go, let's remember the um, the intent of the holidays. So it, I think sometimes our traditions override the, the purpose of the holidays, right? So um, sometimes they lose meaning, sometimes they've been absorbed or, or changed, Christians are really good about taking pagan holidays and turning them into Christian holidays, if you look at the history behind it. And sometimes the meaning can get lost. So um, I wanted to do a little exercise here. Let's let's fill in the blank. Christmas is the season of joy, giving, candy canes. That's the theme for today. <laughs> okay, so that's what we're going to say today in 2022, right? So in 2018, around this time, I'd say people would say that it's a season of giving, right? That's what we would currently say, yeah? So, but if it was 1840, it would be the season of charity. This is around the time that Charles Dickens wrote It's a Christmas Story. So, uh, the big thing about Christmas was giving to the poor, helping those who are less, who are in need, right? In the year 800, it would be the season of coronation. This is when Charlemagne was coronated on Christmas Day in 800 AD. And there was other kings in the following years that were all coronated in 800. So Charlemagne was the emperor, but later on those other kings. In 400, you wouldn't say anything because Christmas wasn't celebrated. Uh, there was a church schism in 325, and so they just stopped celebrating Christmas. It was too closely connected to um, the schism that was that, that people had a problem with. So in 1370, this is my favorite one, Christmas is the season of partying. In the Middle Ages, from about uh, 1100 to 1647, um, Christmas was a very raucous like alcohol driven party it's fueled like it's it's from christmas until uh january 6th was it's just a, a wild party and the reason it ended in specifically 1647 the puritans got control of england and they said no more christmas because they were the puritans were not fun um they didn't believe in fun so <laughs> they said no more christmas no more parties because people got crazy in the middle ages for christmas also they only lived to like 30 so they <laughs> You gotta have fun at Christmas at some point, right? So, but it, this is something that found, interesting I found. I did a lesson last year around this time for youth group about the history of Christmas, and I found that Christmas isn't always the biggest holiday. It, it is now, if you ask anybody, what's the biggest holiday of the year? It's Christmas, and that has a lot to do with consumerism and how the you know budgets and ending all that stuff. But but for centuries, Christmas wasn't the biggest party. It was um, it was Easter, obviously. Easter was the the highlight of the year. Um, arose as a celebration from Jesus' birth around the second century and um, it was they did it around around December 25th or on December 25th because there was a Roman holiday that celebrated the solstice 
So the Christians are like, oh, we have a holiday that celebrates a different sun, and that's that was Jesus. So that was it was intentional, which if you look at a lot of holidays, Christians seem to overlap the dates of other holidays for for pagans or for other groups because they wanted to they wanted to either incorporate it to as a way of outreach or as a way of of whitewashing that holiday. So as a colonization tactic. Um, but then Christmas really exploded in the 1800s with Charles Dickens and all these stories about Christmas and giving and love. Um, that's when Christmas started to really expand. And then in the Victorian era, there's even more stories, and that's when you get, um, oh, what's the one the up, up on the uh, rooftop or um, Old St. Nick, the poem? It was the night before Christmas. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, when that came out, that that brought this nostalgia for Christmas, and it really turned into the holiday we see it today. But Easter was the biggest Christian feast day of the of the whole church calendar, for, and everything revolved around Easter for a very long time. In fact, Justin will like this one too. This is the liturgical calendar. It's kind of hard to read, but I want you to see the big open spot. See what season that it's incorporated with? Summer? It's because how long did, were people farmers and worked in agriculture? They didn't have time to... <laughs> to feast and celebrate when they were gardening or, you know, uh, working on the farms all summer. So you can see that um, the church calendar starts at Advent. So next week is the beginning of the church calendar, even though it's technically the end of our calendar year. Advent's the beginning of the church calendar. And so we go through Christmas and then Epiphany, and then we go to Lent, and then by the time we get through Lent, we're at Easter, right? So you can see how so much of the calendar is focused on Easter, and then after um, after Pentecost, 40 days after Easter, we get to this, it's called um, a common time or, re- or ordinary time. And that's intentional. It has to do with the seasons and the flow of, of when food is available. So we have more, more feasts and festivals in the fall because all the food's ready. So it was, it was all purposeful. And yes, some of it overlapped with other holidays, but it, it's, it that goes back centuries even, hundreds and thousands of years of celebrating the harvest and all these things, and then the Christians just put it on top of that. So it shows um, a lot of... Uh, this, this is a good example of how our, our church calendar follows Easter even more than it follows Christmas, even though Christmas is the start of that season. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. So it, oh, it intentionally overlapped pagan feasts that Christians kind of co-opted and from other European cultures, it was it was a little bit of a colonization tactic. Okay, um, so this little mini holiday TED talk that we did just a minute now uh, shows us that the initial purposes of holidays have changed and they've morphed as culture has evolved over time. So we've absorbed things, we've removed things. Like we, Christmas means something different today than it did a hundred years ago, and um, just like everything else in our culture. So even if we wanted to celebrate Christmas like the old days or, you know, whatever, what does that mean? Because the old days could mean something different depending on how far back you go. And not everybody can agree on what the old days were or what that meant. So how do we move forward now and purposely to make the holiday more meaningful now that we've been through all of this sadness and, and, and the depressing stuff we've talked about? Well, I think it's important that we, we talk about making space for all of it. Um, and I think it's important that we, we remember that, that family in our time together is more important than the traditions that we follow. And traditions can have, be an, an important thing, something to look forward to, um, playing board games every year. That's, a, that's a, something exciting that you're looking forward to. But if we put the board games over the family, or about maybe winning the board games <laughs> over the family, that can, that can put a damper on the holidays. Because if Dan loses every year, 
he, he doesn't lose every <laughs> he may not want to play board games anymore right okay so i think having that you're having an understanding that maybe our traditions aren't the gold standard and this is the benefit of having a more global society is that we can see what everyone else is doing i just saw a video on tiktok last night that people they have this um this family was celebrating it must have been thanksgiving early or something they put um, red solo cups on a table upside down, and you just had to pick one and see what prize was underneath. And um, either it was like money or candy. But what you didn't want was an egg, because you had to put the egg on your head. <laughs> so it's just a fun little game. It's a new tradition they must have started, or maybe it's something they've done for years. Who knows? But we can see these things and see how other families celebrate. On, on Jenny's dad's side of the family, they have a big gift exchange every year and it's just a silly one it's you know you get something cheap and then but we the way we, we do the gift exchange is different every year sometimes it's like a yankee swap or, or a white elephant or sometimes it's like um it's it, it's you have to wrap it or don't wrap it or it's it's every year it's different that the rules are different every year but it's fun to have that tradition where we ever somebody gets something really dumb that they don't want every year <laughs> um so it's important to choose the family over the tradition i I'm here to tell you that just because you've always done it a certain way, or you always go to this family member's house, you don't have to. You can say no, um, especially if it causes pain or continues a bad family cycle. You don't, you don't have to do that. You can break that cycle. You can be the one to say no. And I think it's really important, especially people with, with little kids. It, you only have so many years with those kids. You're, you're gonna after after you a couple of years you're gonna look back and say why didn't we celebrate differently we wasted so many years at uncle paul's house and uncle paul sucks so it's important to to not not put our family first but put the idea of family first and 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 do what feels good about the holidays rather than um obligations i hate obligations oh i hate having to do things um and learn how to say no if there's too many things like um when i was little i think it was even before i was born my 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 mom and my dad and my brother did four Christmases in one day, and my dad said, never again. <laughs> so then Christmas was at our house <laughs> after I was born because he was, he was tired of, dry, of, of you know, opening presents and then having to leave those presents that we just opened to go to you know, four different houses then come back at the end of the day and you're exhausted and you can't even build your Legos. What's the point of Christmas if you can't build your Legos? So I think it's important to remember that we, you, know, you can say no. You, you don't have to make all of it. And we have technology where you can just FaceTime or Zoom into any family event anywhere in the world. And you don't have to go. You can stay in your jammies at home all day. And that's like the best thing about Christmas is just, oh, for me, it's like staying home. It's so good. I hate going out. Um, and also, another thing is family doesn't always mean blood. Sometimes the family that you choose is just as important as, as the family that you share genetics with. Um, I know that a big thing in the past 10 years or so is friendsgivings, right? Having big parties with your friends and celebrating, which can be a lot more fun sometimes than going to Thanksgivings with your family. Um, and you can create those traditions. You can tr create traditions that have new meaning for you rather than having to do the same old thing every year and, and be disappointed because, like Larry said, we only have so much time on this earth and we have to find the purpose and meaning in that life or else it's gone and there's nothing else you can do about it. So how can we, as a church community, make space for all of these things in the holidays? The sadness, the grief, the loss, the pain, and also the joy and the love and the celebration. How do we, how do we become a hub for people who are looking for a family, maybe? Or can our own families make space 
for, for people who are looking for new traditions. Are there ways that we as a community can do that for people? Uh, another quick example from my family. My mom's side of the family, every Thanksgiving, my, we have it in like October because my grandparents were snowbirds. So they'd go to, go to Florida in November and we wouldn't see them for half the year. But we would always have early Thanksgiving in October and there was always stray people that came with us. My aunt is a pastor and she always brought people in that like they were either refugees or people from that didn't have a family and they would just show up at Thanksgiving. We're like, Hey, welcome. So we'd always have, we called them strays. We always had people come in that weren't in the family that just came as part of Thanksgiving. And it was great. We got to do something, got to learn something new about people. We didn't have any connection with. So it was really cool. So as we wrap up today, I want, hope you can celebrate and grieve and lament and honor all of your traditions and do it with purpose. If there's something that doesn't work, then scrap it and start do something new. Um, we don't have enough time on earth to waste it, dri- to drive four hours to Great Aunt Shirley's house for burnt pumpkin pie. So it's important to find meaning, to, to cut things out, add other things in, enjoy the people you love, and tell them that you love them. Those are all important things. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for everybody who could make it in the snowstorm. We pray that as we move through the holiday season, we can do so with joy and with grief, and we can honor and respect the people around us that aren't feeling the same way as us. We're grateful for this time together. Help us to get home safely and to uh, to make it through the snow. And uh, we're just grateful for everything that we have and for everyone in our community. Amen. Thanks so much for coming, everybody, and have a great Thanksgiving. <laughs>